You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. And welcome to Burley Church of Christ Online. It's a little different today uh, from previous weeks. We, uh, as spoken about in emails and the last few weeks, uh, we're we're juggling a lot of balls at the moment as a church. (laughs) Um, We've got returning up there somewhere. We've got how to stay COVID safe up there and we've also got a running church online which has been hard for some and remarkably missional for others and so we've actually connected with more people from all over Australia and even a little bit outside of that and so we're trying to figure that out but while we do that we need to make our online presence sustainable and so we've asked I guess we've put one of those balls back in your court and said uh, if we put some music up and you have access to millions of other worship songs and poems and thoughts, um, we're encouraging you to lead your own worship, uh, either whether you're watching us alone or in groups or over the phone. And we're also asking you to, uh, at this stage, uh, consider communion. Um, lead yourselves in communion. Uh, share a thought. It doesn't have to be a, a big speech if you're in a group. Just simply thank God for his sacrifice. Thank Jesus for what he's done and have some form of the symbols there. And uh, we hope that that actually um, empowers you to uh, be that, I guess, that priesthood of all believers and uh, in your homes as they did in the passage we're going to look at, gather together and being able to have communion in your own home. So we've just finished a series in Ephesians. Um Seriously, that's one of the longest um, series I've ever done. And it's the only series we've ever done that's been in the middle of a, or had a pandemic in the middle of it. And so it's been a really stirring series, um, but a funny one at that. And so we're going to have a couple of one-off sermons the next few weeks. um, And we'll get to that in a second. And then we'll probably move into something around the fruit of the spirit. Uh, But before we kick off today, uh, the next two weeks, I'm going to, I'm really going to invite us as a church, as a body, to be praying through this season. Let me explain why. Here's some facts um, that I want to give you. For the last 70 years, statistically, the Western church in Australia, not just this church, every church, has been in decline. As people disconnect from spirituality, they disconnect from faith, and they disconnect from Jesus. In the last 30 years, it's become even more rapid. Some of the biggest arguments when asked, when people are getting asked about this, the research shows it's actually not the atheist or the science. That's part of it. People thinking that faith and science can't match up. And so they leave. But the greatest reason or the greatest reasons for people mass exiting faith in Jesus is it's not applicable. It's not really that helpful for their everyday life. Um, It's not life transforming. They don't see the point. Uh, Many of us don't have to be told this because it's probably what some of our grandkids, some of our kids and some of our peers are already said to us. Ah, God seems nice, but does it really affect my life? Even in this smaller community, uh, if you don't know our history, we have faced this serious challenge. About three and a half years ago, we were very close 
to closing this church, this small community. And that's not uncommon. That doesn't knock this community a heap across Australia within our denomination and without are facing the very same thing. We've been blessed the last few years, but still it's, 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 a, it's a weird climate. Even with big, growing, these exploding churches we see on the news, uh, statistically there's a high percentage of people just swapping. They do have new people. They do a great job, but they're just swapping. Church shopping, they call it. Oh, I didn't really like the fruit and veg at that church. <laughs> didn't really like the communion taste. I'll go commit to another. I didn't really like oh, whatever the excuse was. Lots of swapping going on. Combine that with what you're seeing on the news for a second. The Western world is experiencing an existential crisis. What I mean by that is the Western world's gods with a lower G, lowercase g, money, power, control, politics, are falling and failing time and time again. In a world that thinks it's evolved and has progressed past um, a certain level of health, falls apart with a virus. People realising in the States right now that oppression, thanks to some video footage, horrible video footage, that oppression, that racism, that the human condition is broken. And I believe they'll eventually find that no amount of politics can solve human brokenness. People are waking up and saying, our gods don't work. We are in incredible season, as I've spoken about time and time again, to take a blank sheet of paper, to take Jesus, ask some hard, difficult, exciting questions, and address the world with what I believe, and I know many of us believe, is the answer is the only one worth protesting to with prayer and petition. The only one that came to solve human brokenness, to end slavery, to end oppression, to free us from the real enemy. And so questions we need to ask with our blank sheet of paper are not. What do I like about church? What has worked for the church in the past? What rituals do I think are important in the church? And what program should we run to solve this? These are okay questions, but they are not the questions we need to ask anymore. The questions in this season is, what does God want for us? <laughs> and are we going to obey and listen? And one of what we've learned and what keep coming up in our last book, Ephesians, those questions don't start in a large setting. Those questions start in our family home, in our individual lives, about what God wants to move and shake in us. With all that said, I thought a great place to discern this is in one of my favorite passages, Acts 2.42, a snapshot of the early church. 
Now, I've heard preachers, and I've done this myself, and I've got to be careful. This is a this is the second part of the book of Luke, Acts, written by Luke, and it's a description of the early church, not a prescription. Now, that might seem weird and unnecessary to de- define that, but it isn't. Because if you take this as a prescription, if you think Luke wrote this down, even being a doctor, <laughs> or, um, but it wasn't a prescription. It wasn't, okay, um, Steve, for your asthma, you need to take your inhaler in the morning and just before you go to bed twice a day. Luke wasn't saying that. Luke was describing what the body of Christ looked like once the Holy Spirit started moving. And so we don't take ritual. We don't take law. We don't take it out as a prescription. We take values out of this snapshot. And that's exactly what I'd like to consider with our blank piece of paper and our prayer and discernment over the next two weeks. Lots of information coming at you. Lots more practical than maybe some of you will like. But I ask that you prayerfully consider as individuals, as family units, and as small tables what this could look like. In what is a exciting season, where I believe Jesus' words ring true, especially that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So let's have a look. Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the number day by day those that were being saved. Luke describing this new community that would eventually capture the entire Western imagination and within 300 years would become the main faith system of the known Western world. Starts in this small group, small table of them doing things like this. And so we're going to cover three things, three questions, three tensions, three values that I want us to wrestle with over the next two weeks and into this new season. The first one, which is the only one we're going to cover today, is at the centre, we see it right here, what's at the centre of the table? What do they gather around? We see them gather with the apostles' teaching and we see them then act with wonders and signs. Faith and deeds, if you will, or what we're calling truth and practice. They voted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers, and all came upon every soul and wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Point being here, the Bible is only any good, any use for any of us if it is used. (laughs) As I've discussed before, we do not die and sit an exam. We do not die and get to the gates of heaven. And they say, now, who built an ark? No, oh, Steve got it first. (laughs) Welcome in, buddy. No, it's not just knowledge. The Bible's not just for knowledge. It's actually to help us live life. It's a tool. 
You don't come to your small gatherings or your large tables to get knowledge, only you come to be exhorted to live a life with Jesus. So if you didn't learn a new Greek word this Sunday, but you were stirred to live more like Jesus, then that gathering has been a success. I love my Greek words, but it's not the only point. So every table that we have needs to be based on the word of God, but let's be careful not to worship the Bible. The Holy Trinity is not the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. There is a spirit which we keep in check, which we filter through the Bible and through our community. So what do I mean? This is a very practical series, but what do I mean? As, As we unpacked Ephesians and it talked about at the deepest level of the church starts within our individual communities, our small tables, and the smallest of them being marriage, that means in your marriage, if you are married, does you and your partner have moments of asking each other what God has been saying? Do you have elements of the ultimate truth, the Bible, as a part of your marriage? Do you practice together? Is there a value of truth and practice? Do you create spaces for that? Before you go to the marriage advice books, before you go to what TV tells you to, or the magazines or the internet, before is the truth at the center of your marriage, your first small table, the word of God and the spirit of God. If you have a young family, let let me say this. If you have a young family right now, it is the most important small table you have. It is your first church. They are your disciples and they, you need to have a practice of truth and practice. They need to see mum and dad love the word of God and it's where they get their truth from before the internet, before YouTube, before good advice. Even for modern day wisdom, it needs to be a practice of word and spirit. The world is trying to destroy the family unit because, well, that's what the enemy does. And so probably don't go to the world for ultimate truth and practice. Go to your word, the Bible, and ask your kids what God's saying. What's he doing? Where's he moving? It's not a guilt thing. That's the power of the gospel starts within these small tables, truth and practice. So let's get a bit more broader. What does that look like? All right, well, say your name's Sally and you run a mother's running group. Everybody in that group we've just established is searching. Whether they've made a commitment to Jesus or not, they're living in a world that's falling apart. And so they're very likely to have questions about motherhood, about truth, about where the world's heading, about what's right and wrong, about their purpose in life. And so say that's your one of your small tables. Am I asking Sally, who runs a mother's group that goes for a run on Saturday morning, am I asking her with non-Christians and Christians from work in that group to open her Bible and go, ladies, gather around, I would like to do a Bible study. (laughs) No, they won't come back. She must discern what truth and practice look like for 
those disciples in early stages. It might look like sharing a story. It might look like telling them that they really enjoyed the sermon on Sunday, if they did. It it might look like, do you know one of the craziest um, missional things I've ever seen is my wife has this shirt that I don't even know is a Christian shirt, but it says faith over fear. And we can't believe every time she wears it to the park, someone will comment on it. Sometimes it's a Christian <laughs> going, oh, I like that shirt. Or sometimes it's been, one time it was this random mum that came up to her and said, that's a cool shirt. And my wife was actually able to share with her her truth about Jesus. So it might just look like sharing something. In a Bible study, it looks like obviously running a Bible study, but make sure there's an element of practice, practical application. For Bev, everyone knows Bev. We love, uh, we love our Bev. She is in a place called Sea Change. And she's got a group there of ladies and she has prayed and discerned what truth and practice looks like in that missional context, in that missional community. Now, does Bev go, all right, I'm going to run a Bible study on managing finance and setting yourself up for life? No, 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 because they're They've already been through that stage of life. Or what about, um, does she run a Bible study on how to raise young kids? No, that has no contextualized like purpose for that group who have mostly grown up kids or may not have kids. Instead, she is finding ways to include biblical truth and practice within that demographic, within that mission field. And we love her for it. I know for the mermaids that I've called the group that are currently meeting at Mermaid Surf Club each Sunday, they use the sermon as a practical truth and biblical truth and a passage. They watch it in the morning and then in the afternoon they discuss how it applies to their life. Truth and practice. I, have, I am absolutely sure if they continue in some form that eventually people in that mermaid surfing community will be drawn to elements of that truth and practice. One of my men's groups that has a mixture of followers of Jesus and our neighbours, do we open the Bible and start running a Bible study? No, not yet. They're not ready for that. Instead, we'll share links, share podcasts. Hey, this is a really interesting thought on what's going on right now. Hey, do you know Steve who comes actually delivers an online sermon weekly. Would you ever have, want to have a listen? And we meet together over a palmy when we used to be able to meet together in that way and we discuss truth and practice together. Thanks to Rosa and Tony that are giving us opportunities with our kids. Tony, Tony and Rosa don't create these crafts that and have discussion online so that that's the only thing we do with our families. Their prayer and hope is that is the start of the conversation of truth and practice with our kids. This group in Acts 2, here's where we start. They weren't counting the amount of verses that they need to read. They weren't worshipping the Bible. They weren't trying to get knowledge out of it for the next exam. They knew the Bible was a filter in which their entire life was lived out of. 
They knew that if someone within their community had a stirring of the spirit, which is phenomenal, they could filter it with the word of God. It says exactly this in Timothy, Paul's letter to his disciple, Timothy. It says this. But as for you, continue in what you've learned. Continue. Live life in the word of God, in the spirit, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learnt it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God, it's holy text, it's the Holy Bible, and profitable for what? For teaching, for reproof, for connection. It's a tool and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for what? The exam at the end of life? To know more? No. God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What does it look like to be a small, a large table, a family unit that gathers around spirit and truth? What does it look like for you? What does it look like for the small tables that you're forming? If you're new and you're watching this from online, what on earth is a small table? We've deliberately steered away from the language of small groups because I think that can limit what we're talking about here. When we say small table, we're talking about that, that picture of three or more gathered in the spirit and being present with them. That's what we're talking about is a small table. It's any time you gather with people searching, with people that are in need of discipleship. So that's it this morning. Um, I originally planned for this to be one week, but as I started practicing and going through this and looking at it, I realized this is two weeks of material because it needs discernment. What does it look like for your small table to have a practice of truth and practice? Well, I've said here, a table that gathers and grows in and around truth and practice. I'll say that again, a table that gathers and grows in and around truth and practice. What does that look like for you? Uh, there's some worksheets going out. If you haven't contacted, please contact us. Some, some thinking around this. We're really serious about considering this in our context. Love you to have a look at those. There's some other questions that we're going to carry on next week as we look at two more things that we see come out of the early, most powerful movement to ever be on planet Earth known as the church. Let me pray. And um, yeah, I pray for wisdom and discernment as you discuss these things, whether that's over the phone, Facebook Messenger, over a coffee, over a craft, with your kids, with your wife, or in small tables this morning. Let me pray. Father God, you are, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth, the foundation, um, the absolute truth that we can live life out of and through. Father, we thank you for this filter. We thank you for this incredible tool. And then secondly, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you that it's moving, it's talking, it's stirring, it's alive and living and powering us today. We pray that we can find a balance of those two things within our our small tables, within those that we encounter, and we can develop some habits of truth and practice in every gathering. 
Father, stir within this series, stir within the next two weeks. And whatever's from you, whatever you want to challenge us with, whatever you want to reset with, whatever you want to put on that blank piece of paper we spoke about at the start, you are clear, you speak to us through your word and through your spirit. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.